Brace yourself, Robin. You're about to listen to the masters of the obvious. This dynamic duo will give you the sudden and strangest feeling that you are about to be utterly and madly carried away. But beware, they are criminals. They are filthy outlaws and indeed are not masters in the least. I have rarely met two girls with such potent arguments, and yet are inept fools. But if you like interviews, zany antics, and bad puns, then stay tuned. Same bat time, same bat channel. Welcome to the 22nd episode of Masters of the Obvious. I'm Kirsten Bozio. And I'm Cynthia Rose. On today's episode, we have friend of the pod, Natalie Slater of Bacon Destroy on to help us give our take on Wonder Woman 1984. And Kirsten and I discuss nerd news and we enlist the help of fellow podcaster JB of the Gutter Boys to talk about the dreaded Snyder Cut. But first... We'd like to remind you to go to mastersoftheobvious.com. We have merch for sale. And if you'd like to support this pod and take advantage of free shipping in the U.S., well, we really appreciate you. And hey, you're so cool that we can still be friends, even if you like the Snyder Cut. Just check out our shop and show your support at mastersoftheobvious.com. So, Cynthia, what have you been up to lately? Oh, boy. Um, I've been listening to this podcast called Spectacle. Oh, is it about people with bad eyesight? Mm-mm. It's about uh, the evolution and uh, of uh, reality TV. Oh, hey, I was almost on that. Yeah, I've worked in reality TV, but I was almost cast too. But anyway, it's it starts with an American family from 1971, which is fucking fascinating. That first wow. reality TV all, show. All podcasts, not a documentary. All podcasts. Wow. It's really good. And they have a full episode on Real Housewives, a full episode on the Kardashians, a full episode on Queer Eye, a full episode on The Bachelor. All these shows, most of these shows, I've never even seen one episode of. And I'm still like obsessed with this podcast. It's really good. I know way too many people who have done reality TV, including like even when I was younger, one of my acquaintances was on Joe Millionaire. Do you remember that show? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Rock of Love and love so Rock on and so forth. They don't talk about, they don't even mention Flavor of Love or Rock of Love, which I find very odd. Yeah. They're not covering VH1 shows, which are technically the best yeah. or the worst of reality I mean, TV. There's more episodes I haven't gotten to and they're putting out more content as well. But I actually heard about it on The Bald and the, is it called The Bald and the Beautiful? Trixie and Katya's? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard it on there and I, I immediately like stopped their podcast and went, OK, I need to listen to this. And I started listening to it and I, I haven't stopped. I can't be good for them if they keep redirecting people away from their podcast. That's what we're doing right now. They still got your <laughs> download, though. <laughs> they did. Um, well, I just had a jarring moment. Oh, no. I just I want to talk about this because I think it really ties into why we even have a podcast to begin with is to create a safe space for women, queer people, anyone who doesn't really fit into the cis, the cis 
um, straight the cesspool, the cesspool that is um, men. Um, and yeah, I, I joined a, a Star Wars Facebook group and I was having a conversation with somebody and the mod came in and it was my sexual abuser. And he told me to apologize to the person I was talking to. And I said, you know what? You tried to assault me, my dude. Obviously, this group is not safe. Goodbye. Yikes. And I can't tell you how rampant that is in the nerd and nerd culture. Like, not only do do people get assaulted, but they also get gaslit within their own communities. So that's a fun, fun way to start the podcast, guys. Well, speaking of real life trauma, let's talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah, that's a, actually I love that segue. Let's just hop on that segue like what Wozniak and take it away. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. It feels like to me that the MCU Disney Plus Avengers TV shows are like explorations of real world issues that super superheroes have. And I find it really fascinating. Like with Wanda, it was grief and trauma with Bucky PTSD and racism with Falcon. And it's like really interesting to me to see these themes explored. And I'm actually hooked on um, Falcon and Winter Soldier after the second episode. First episode, I was like, mm, who cares? It's a little rough. Um, I, I mean, obviously, I mean, I don't want to say that the MCU TV shows are gritty necessarily but they definitely um are deeper and i feel like with the first episode which is the only one that i watched so i'll take your word on the second episode just felt like well first of all we got like the classic action-packed sequences that we're used to in the very beginning with falcon yeah and then we got terrorism which we can't forget terrorism that's mcu's whole thing and then we've got this whole scene where bucky's in therapy and you know working through his trauma and um, things that he did that he remembers, but didn't really have a, a say in it happening. Um, and it just felt kind of empty, I guess. And, and maybe it was just because we were also preparing, we were emptying out ourselves to watch Snyder Cut. Might have <laughs> something to do with it. But um, I'm glad to hear that the second episode's better. My family seemed to like the first one. I seem to really like Bucky in general, like, please choke me, daddy. Um, but yeah, uh, I really do hope the second one is I, honestly at this point, I just kind of want popcorn fare. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I enjoy it. I'm definitely going to keep watching it. Do I want to do weekly breakdowns of it on the pod? No, I don't. To be honest. I mean, unless it gets really, really good, maybe. But I just feel like um, our podcast isn't really centered around a bunch of, you know, straight dudes doing straight dude stuff. Next, we have some Obi-Wan news. We got the multicultural cast list for the Obi-Wan series and also confirmation that shooting will start in April in Los Angeles. Now I'm pretty damn excited. You are pretty damn excited. Um, I am. I, you know, I'm still recovering from the Mandalorian. I don't know if we can get as hype as we did about the Mandalorian about anything else. Oh, I can. Oh, for sure. For about oh. Obi-Wan Kenobi and oh, that was Darth a, Vader. But I, did you see the post that it was like, um, they like, they're bringing back everyone back, but Natalie Portman. They're like, why not Natalie Portman? Because <laughs> she's dead, bro. She literally could not and died. She canceled yeah. herself. She, she can't come back as a force ghost. Nice try. I actually kind of like that idea. I don't hate that. 
All right. But also on the Disney Plus train, choo, 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 we have a release date for the Bad Batch. We have it's fucking I'm a Bad Batch. It's May the 4th. They fucking know their audience, man. They did it. I mean, to be fair, I also announced that Riot's book was dropping on Trans Visibility Day. So, I mean, am I any better than our corporate overlords? Mm, Yes, but not really. Oh, man. So I guess now we will go into our our Snyder Cut conversation with JB. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's rock and roll. Today, we have artist and fellow podcast host JB Rowe. Big fan of his podcast, The Gutter Boys, which covers indie comics and creators. I discovered it a while back while doing research for our interview with my childhood buddy, Buster Moody. They have an excellent episode with him that you should check out. So shout out to my jabroni, Buster, an excellent indie comic creator and some bigger stuff like IDW. All right, JB, we can chit chat for a little bit, but we're going to talk about Snyder Cut. Okay. I can't imagine who other than me and Sin would hate Snyder Cut more than you. Well, I, I might be. Uh, I'm probably gonna let you guys down then because I actually didn't oh hate it. Oh my god! Okay, this has been a great interview, Sin. Um, we're gonna cut the mic down. <laughs> I actually do have some positive things to say. I don't know if Cynthia does, but let's just let's just hit you with the first question, right? I mean, it's a very dumb movie. I mean, I'm not. You want to talk about the positive stuff first? I want to start on a positive note because I feel like it's the most unexpected. Um, So you're on Larry King Live, JB Rowe. Let's talk about the Snyder Cut, starting with what nice things you have to say. Oh, yeah, the nice things. Okay. Uh, Well, for starters, uh, a lot of stuff happens. About four (laughs) hours worth of stuff. Quantity. Quantity. We don't know about quality. Definitely quantity. quantity. Yeah, yeah. I will say because I have seen the original cut, the uh, the Josh Josh Whedon cut. That movie is awful. Like, there's no redeeming qualities to that movie. It was kind uh, of like but, a, like a half-ass Avengers, right? Yeah, like a very lazy phoned-in Avengers. Yeah, that's a very good estimation of that movie. Sin, what was your what was your take on the original cut? It's fucking terrible. <laughs> I didn't want four more hours of it. Like we I mean, used to be such uh, Whedon fangirls too, and now we're just like fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Every time we watch anything, Joss Whedon. I don't know. I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from like watching all of these movies is like they're all stupid for the most part. Yeah, you have to go there's, in there expecting like, it to be dumb. Right. There's like things that you can take away from them, either positive or negative. But at the end of the day, they're just they're just comic book movies. Like these are like. <laughs> Okay, massive wait. multi-billion dollar products. Okay, so yeah, give me something good about or several things, apparently, since you're a trader uh, sure. that you liked about yeah. Snyder Cut. <laughs> well, I will say that... And you're uh, the indie the extended... dude. You're the fucking indie dude. We're the one who cover the big two and we, we're about to trash on it and you're ready to fucking dunk on us and hurt our feelings. <laughs> no, I mean, again, I think the movie is extremely stupid, but it is very funny and there are some pretty sick parts. You know, like, I... I I think that one of the 12 battles that takes place in that movie, uh, in the, like the, like the first hour of that one movie, for every apostle. Where, <laughs> right. Where they, where they have, uh, what was that? The, uh, the Amazonians oh, and they're like, my favorite. Yeah. The fight, the, the, the 300 ladies, the lady 300. It was yes, 300. Yes. And then the whole movie was like a, almost a trailer for like elder scrolls or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they really do love that heavy handed Lord of the Rings talk. 
Like that stuff. Oh, don't is very talk about Lord of the Rings. Cynthia fucking hates Lord of the Rings, and we almost broke up our friendship over well, it. We know why you don't like uh, Justice League then, because it's nothing. Yeah, but she hasn't had the patience, but ironically, she finished it, and I didn't. Yeah. Uh, Snyder cut. So I think it was a trauma uh, response. Like my whole brain shut oh, down. I was go. like, "Nope, Kirsten, go to sleep." Yeah, I mean, there was just like some really great fight scenes. I think, um, like, yeah, that was pretty comparing- lacking in the original cut. Yeah, the original cut really doesn't have a lot of the action. I think the fact that they also really fleshed out the cyborg character more to the point where he's like pretty much the main character. But he looked like a Michael Bay nightmare, though. He was like very uncanny valley the whole movie. Sure. Yeah, there is a lot of CGI nonsense for like, sure, I but that's like a whole the cyborg, And I know that he looks so, corny like, as fuck, but I prefer the cyborg in um, Doom Patrol. Yeah, if anything, the uncanny part really adds to the character in a way when you consider what oh, yeah. he is. <laughs> he's like barely human anymore. Yeah. Um, right, right. Anything else that you have to say that's nice? Please make it short. <laughs> I love this format. <laughs> Bullying oh, your I'm guests. I'm super friendly. Everyone's all like, oh my gosh. She's so warm and inviting. Uh, that's why everyone leaves the show see. liking me. <laughs> yeah, everyone likes Ben better than me. When I'm out here with a freaking nonprofit breaking my back to help humanity and all Sin is doing is fucking eating Cheetos and <laughs> Well, sorry, I don't. I have Crohn's disease and I can't eat normal people food. Whatever. Fuck you, Sin. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. On that note, okay. are you are you done, JB? Are you done? No, I'm sure he has more nice things to say. God damn it! Stop talking over him and let him fucking say. <laughs> okay, it. All right, all right. <laughs> This is pretty cool. Is this what it's like when guys come on your show where they get to pretend to what it feels like to be a woman for an hour and a half? <laughs> um, are you done about gushing about Snyder no, Cut or what? I'm not <laughs> done. Damn it. Okay. You will suffer the wrath of how awesome this movie is. Okay. Ooh, ooh, I, I already oh, we have. Suffered. I've watched it oh, twice. We, we fucking suffered. It Here's was half uh, of it, and she feels like she suffered. Uh, let's see. What else? A lot of 9-11 imagery. Sick. Always. Uh, Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, So a lot of 9-11 imagery. Uh, um, You were jerking off uh, watching this movie. And what else? Got a lot of super superhero Jesus poses. Yeah. A lot of cool T poses. Very sick. Uh, Was there a superhero landing in it? I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. There's like five five in the first like uh, hour. And a lot of slow-mo. Oh, the whole thing is slow-mo. There was like that scene with Aquaman that was like super like My Chemical Romance video where like with the waves hitting him and stuff. Has Zack Snyder ever made music videos? Because I feel like I feel like that's what he should be doing. I feel like he was a music video director that somehow ended up making blockbuster films. So was there anything you liked of the Snyder Cut, Kirsten? (laughs) <laughs> I like Chick 300 because I'm gay and I was like, fuck yeah, women. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I did. I did appreciated the fact that because the Amazonians got their asses handed to them in the original cut. And I thought that was complete bullshit. And at least the way that, that this scene fleshed out in the new cut was like, first of all, everyone looked 10 times hotter in HD or whatever the fuck filters they put on that. And then when it's all like video gamey, like I said, it felt like a Bethesda video game. Like it looked like really scenic and beautiful, but like, oh, the fucking muscles on those bronze. You know, it was it was rad, but it was definitely Chick 300. Um, I like Chick versions of anything. I like Chick Ghostbusters. Just give me Chick anything. The only thing I'm not into was like a uh, sucker punch, because like instead of like giving us the chick version of something they gave us like the super sexualized rapey version of it. Like, Oh yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Women put in refrigerators. Like, no, I'm not buying that. So, but this didn't feel like it had like the male gaze. It didn't feel like it was forced. It was pretty epic. And then it didn't end with like all of the mascara getting fucking owned on 
there was like a whole, it was like in the second two towers, War of the Rings, a Helm's Deep moment where like Gandalf rides in, you know, or even like in Game of Thrones, when the, the Knights of the Vale roll, roll up during the, the Battle of Bastards, like it had that fucking vibe to it at the very end before it cut to another scene. But I would have loved to fucking have seen that that seven with get owned on by like an actual army of Amazonians. Okay, Sam, want to hit me with anything positive? Um, I really liked the scene with Alfred and uh, Diana. I thought that, that that was the only thing that I thought was funny in the whole movie was when uh, he was making those gauntlets that dissipate energy. And she was like, why doesn't Batman just get a fucking lasso too, asshole? Does he want to be Wonder Woman? I thought that was funny. Um, there were some good like girl power moments, but also coming from Zack Snyder, it's like, here's a beautiful cake and like the hand that I didn't wash after shitting in it, you know? <laughs> okay. And then I also yes. liked that there wasn't a lot of male gaze, but there was a lot of female end gaze and it was all like about female, yeah. female gaze. G-A-Y-S. He was just like fucking taking his shirt off at every moment. Even my husband was like dying laughing. Like how many times this man taking his shirt off? Like it was fucking hilarious. I mean, he's not a good actor. That's all he can do. You know, hey, I'm, I'm here for it. Give me a sexy Hawaiian. I'm here for it. Yeah. Again, going back to dudes rock. Jason <laughs> oh, Momoa, it's very much 100%. like, it's, like his whole character feels like a character from like metal Ocalypse or something, you know? Oh yeah. Just drinking and fucking. He's all fucking. Oh my like god, angry and. Let's talk about the weirdest moments right now. Okay. We can go into this. The super annoying. Cyborg stuff. swears. Batman swears. That's really That's weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> Is uh, Lois Lane pregnant? Uh, I don't know. That's. I, weird. I thought it was weird that this even got made. Um, mm. I thought that the trailer was super weird. And then I think, like I said, my body shut down to protect myself because I didn't even get to the point parts with like Martian Manhunter and Jared Leto's Joker or any of that. It's a very end. What about what was weird to you, JB? Oh, what was weird? Okay. Uh, where do I start? Uh, the entire cyborg bit where he, where he like, you know, follows the, the single mom. Mm. I, yeah, that was weird. And Wait, he's like, you know, Lois? yeah, and he's like, I'm, I'm a hero. I need to do a good thing. No, not Lois. Oh, no. Just kind of like setting him up to show. Wait, was yeah. it like the hot dog scene right. with the Flash? No, because that, no, that was no, fucking no, hilarious. Well, like, glizzies. Him moving her hair out of the way was like, <laughs> very, very, like, very odd. So rapey. No thanks. Like so weird. Yeah, but, you know, also weird that you know no female in this movie could get over any dead guy. Like just oh, yeah, yeah, Lois. Uh, Lois is very sad, right? Like that's what I'm supposed to get out of this is that she's very sad still about Superman. Like they have no plot lines unless it's like mourning the men in their life, right? Like Steve Trevor, like it sucks because I like him in the comics and I liked him in the first Wonder Woman, but now like I see Steve Trevor and I have like a fucking guttural reaction where I'm just like, oh, fuck that guy, fuck that guy. The only thing that they use to humanize Wonder Woman, like even when she's talking to Cyborg, she's like, I lost somebody. It's like, bitch, fucking find another thing to talk about. We've heard about it. Shut the fuck. Get a therapist. Meet, meet some people. <laughs> this go was on literally a hundred years ago. <laughs> yeah, like join a fucking women's networking group or something. Like get over take a yourself. knitting, Diana. Come on. Oh yeah, yeah. The, uh, cyborg seeing uh, capitalism from um, through his lens, and it's literally a bull and a bear mm-hmm. fighting each other. That yes. was that was the funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen. Like. Mm-hmm. I was cracking It's exactly up what a rich pe- person would think the criticism of capitalism is. Well, it's just like Zack Snyder, like from his mind, what he, like what he thought would be the best best visual visualization of the of the free market in his mind. And right. 
knowing that he's like a big Iron Rand guy, it all checks out. Oh, like it all makes he sense. is. Ooh, oh, I've got some shit to say about Ayn Rand. Wow, but, no, that's uh, fun. That's a my fun idea of capitalism is just old Ronnie Reagan um, pissing on the poor, trickle down economic style. Just that's all eating my jelly images. beans and pissing eating on the poor. Jelly beans, like feeding his pig boy uh, George Bush. You know, like. Um, I yeah. have another weird thing that happened in the movie: the fucking creepy Icelandic singing that went on for far too long. When was Aquaman that, goes back into the ocean, like. What the actual fuck? Iceland has way more popping off in it than just, you know, you think you're mistaking it with Greenland or whatever. And then Batman know? coming in with wads of cash, just like thinking like, I mean, like, I don't know, man. Oh, Finn, do you remember when we started the movie? We had a good chuckle because he literally starts the movie with like the aspect ratio. Yes. Well, I, I hate that it's aspect so ratio so too. fucking much, but I, I know why he did it. He did it because it was made. He made it for IMAX. But, but also, like, why are we pretending that people in Iceland can't thrive during the winter? Right. I think the score was the weirdest part of this movie. Oh, you know, I got something else weird. The fucking yeah. random terrorist bombing that they threw in there for just to show off Wonder Woman. It had no reason to be in this movie at all. Well, also, like, if you're fast enough to block bullets, wouldn't you just grab the gun out of his hands instead of blowing him in half oh. of a building? Up? Yeah. Right. To me, the weirdest, weirdest, weirdest part was that fucking ending. The uh, I mean, the the, epilogue which one because there's like five. Wait, what's, the epilogue. OK, I haven't seen it. I mean, you're not going to spoil it for me because I'm never going to finish it. But go ahead. Uh, what the actual fuck was that? Like it just it. I don't know. Well, it's great that they spend all that time setting up a like series of movies that will never get, that will made. Never get made. I think that rocks. But another funny, weird moment is that like Gal. Um, Gal's outfit when she was working in the museum. Do you remember that? It was like completely impractical, like wearing all white couture and she's like, an, like restoring art. <laughs> like, but, but even better is when she goes to the Amazonian like temple thing and then jumps down in those heels. It's like, get a fuck out of here with that shit. I, what's, what is the fucking she got obsession? She really uh, special superhero heels though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't understand the obsession with the they DCU thinking that the like all women want to do is like run around in heels like you know like even fucking cheetah was all like i can't wait until all i can want to do is eat hot chips lie <laughs> i'll be bisexual be on their phones yeah um i'm a mean <laughs> yeah. queen don't, don't don't step to me jb okay now we would cover the weirdest what, what was the most i mean in some degrees we already covered the most maddening but what for you was the most maddening the most the four hours <laughs> Nothing should be four hours. I'm sorry. Uh, my labor was 20, so I agree. Okay. And my labor was more fun than the Snyder Cut. There you go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then what was the most maddening for you? Um, shoehorning the Joker in there. <laughs> for no fucking reason. Oh, Jared Leto. Sid has a personal experience with Jared Leto. Oh, did you go to his uh, his weird cult retreat? And I did turn not go to so well? island, no. Sin, is, Sin is a celebrity makeup artist. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. No, I've heard stories about him. I have friends in the industry that have worked with him. Does he still have a weird, uh, uh, I don't like touching yes. people thing? Yes. Okay, yeah, that's good. Okay. Okay, what, what else pissed you off? Me? Yeah. Oh, just the whole thing was fucking slow and lame. Like, I don't... 
I didn't care about anybody. Everybody was a sad sack of shit. Like I just it definitely felt like gaslit by this movie. Like I knew going into it, I wasn't going to like it, but like, I, I just, just I, I, I felt like an out of, out of body experience. Like, is this movie actually happening? This is so fucking bizarre. And then like, uh, like we got more cyborg, which was great, but they, did a worse job with the flash. I feel like they fucked him and like made also, like, cyborg better with Ezra Miller. Like I'm still on the fence, what his deal is. So I don't I even don't, know if I can root for him. Don't give a shit about the actor himself. I'm just saying the character. Wait, what? Uh, okay. So let me ask you two something. What were mm. your thoughts on that redesign for Steppenwolf? Whatever. It was, it was better. It was better. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, I feel like they also changed his character too. They made yeah, yeah. initially he's, He's presented as like this big bad in the original cut. And then in Snyder cut, like he is a badass, but he's also like the he, sad. He also had like, like hella, hella vibes from, from Thor. Did he? He, I, I thought he, so. You didn't watch the movie. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of all cheeked up on a Tuesday, Cynthia's got all this ass. And for what? She doesn't even share it. And she's straight. Oh my God. I thought my you said sass. You're friend. talking about my ass. I'm like, fantastic. Oh my I god. I feel like they made Steppenwolf's ass pretty pretty nice too though. Oh, for sure. They even they gave him a loincloth. It was yeah, very, dude, yeah. there were so many moments where I was like, is that a dick? <laughs> I think they meant yeah, it was, to be that way. I was also I was also very confused because I thought like all that armor stuff was part of his body, and then he does the reveal where he can just retract it. Yeah. And then, like all, all and then the reveals style. The, those giant horn things are actually real horns attached to his head. I thought that was Jesus pretty great. Christ. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't even remember. I, I definitely blocked that out. Uh, you didn't see it. It was shut up. It's the half you didn't see. I can't prove it, but, but no, I, he's, I was, like, he's like sad. Next right? to you for the most entire of movie. it. I was the next 40 minutes of this Bro, movie. No, I was like, I felt like Alex and like clockwork orange. It was fucking painful. Like I just couldn't. I got to say I did. And I did glean a lot more watching it without her. You can <laughs> shut up. Why don't you start a podcast? With it made husband? sense to me. I like Zach what now. What you I'm going to go. go I'm going to go work with Zach. We're going to start a podcast. I don't oh, know. Oh, there you go. Like, yeah, yeah, hang out at his sixth studio. We're going to start a podcast I, with your husband. He's going to, um, it's going to be fantastic. We're going to do a, new, show you a sucker punch. It's I just hear, all I hear right now is straight white noise. Yeah. You could, that's me. You could check out his skulls. Mm. They have, does he have Honestly, this sounds pretty good. Hanging on his wall. Like uh, yeah. Glenn Danzig, what's that? What's that skulls. place in France where it's just like a fucking tunnel? Where the naked of... ladies dance. No. Yep. Yep. You nailed it. No. Uh, the place. It's the like un- no. It's like underground tunnels of like skulls and skeletons and shit. Like it's constructed uh, out of dead bodies. The French Empire. <laughs> the French colonialism in general. <laughs> <laughs> we were on what we hate about the movie. Okay. Sure. So what we are. What were your things that you really, really hated about the movie? Like, what Seriously. made you really that I wasn't despise? high enough? Okay, watching fair. It. I hated the fact that they really did flash dirty. I felt like, um, hmm. didn't he I, get hit by a fucking bullet when he like is a speed of light or some shit? He trips. Yeah, he trips. <sighs> Although I do like that he was more nerdy, like Peter Parker type, than he was in the first uh, cut. He's also the only reason why they won. Yeah, absolutely. 
You didn't see which was that part. Up. <laughs> <laughs> which was completely yeah. taken out from the original cut, I think, right? Like he's yeah. not really yeah. that important. And they also didn't show how like awkward he and and smart he was in the first cut, which is like the whole appeal of Barry. Well, they don't to me. really show how smart he is in this either. I mean, a little bit more at least. Like, wait, okay, can I talk comics with JB now, please, Mom? I don't care. Okay, JB, JB. Okay, so <laughs> um I want to talk about. I'll put away my fucking Justice League notes. Okay, <laughs> what a I, segment. Cynthia, <laughs> I, Cynthia, JB, and I are getting a room right now. Let's talk about like what sparked your, uh, you know, your interest in comics or cartoons or illustration that kind of jazz. So, in terms of like actually actively making comics, I got started after this guy Ben Spencer reached out to me. Uh, on a online forum that we both used. And uh, he, I guess he was a fan of my work and saw what I was posting on my website. And so he extended an invitation to me to a table at C2E2. uh, Because I guess he just gets a booth every year uh, because he was him and his friends. that's the Chicago show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, C2E2 is like... uh, the is it like designer main, con or it's, I think it's the biggest show in the Midwest. But no, it's, it's, it's all it's comics. Like, it's like a comic con. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, in the way that San Diego comic con is comics, you know what I mean? Like it's, it is about comics, but it's kind of more not. industry, but you know what I mean? It's, it's that same, right. It's that same idea. It's like this big industry show. You have panels and celebrity guests and all that stuff. Yeah. They invited me to table there. So I did, I didn't have any comics and I didn't have anything to sell. So I had to make, uh, three zines. One was a mini comic oh, yeah. and two drawing zines in like a month and a half's time. What's your and, way, uh, how did you, you know, Sin, both Sin and I have made zines. Mm-hmm. Um, did, how, what was your method? Did you do the old Xerox way or what? Yeah. You go to, you go yeah. to Kinko's but, or FedEx or whatever. Or go to the library. Or yeah, if you have a, yeah. You right. popped off with some comics and you were doing, like, did you, you self-publish them or, you, or did you ever use like a small press? I started out self self printing and you know binding hard, and collating and all that shit. Yeah, that's hard. Which is why I don't do it anymore. I want to hear JB's takedown of the big publishers and Diamond <laughs> and all that. Big takedown mm-hmm. of the big publishers. Okay. Um, they suck. Oh, good. Sick. Bird. Hey, yeah. All right. Hey, thanks for having me on. All right. Appreciate it. All right. <laughs> you take care. <laughs> I want to hear where we can find you on social media, where we can support your work, uh, et cetera. Uh, you can go to jbrow.com uh, or you can go to the Gutter Boys Patreon, which is I'm on that patreon.com backslash Gutter Boys, I think. I don't know. Do you have uh, a hard style brand can... too, right? Uh, yeah, hard way. It's like a wrestling thing. Uh, yeah, you can find that on Instagram uh, at hardway underscore LTD and also uh, gutter boys at gutter boys pod. And then I'm at Mort Crib Jr. Just for just so the listeners know, if you DM the gutter boys pod on Instagram, you're talking to Cam, not JB. Usually, yeah, usually. Um, like and I'll that's check why, like, I don't get but... excited when the gutter boys pod likes things. I know it's not JB. Right. It's, it's my soft right. boy, Cam. Yes. He loves, he loves, uh, interacting with people. He loves talking to people. He loves being online and posting. 
And I like two of those things I just listed. Yeah. You are the Cynthia of the pod. I'm the cam of the pod where we're just like puppy people. Right. Yes. All right, JB. uh, Tell tell Cam we hate him. He's canceled. And, you know, thank you so much for coming on and being game to be roasted by us. Suffering the abuse. Suffering the abuse. (laughs) Paying penance for being a man. You should post this on YouTube. You know, watch watch it. Hashtag stop Asian hate. <laughs> Drugged out white woman. <laughs> Shout down. Yellow voices. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor. With a name you can trust, FierceUnicorns.com is a place where you can buy comfortable face masks that are curated, thoughtfully designed, and delicious. If you are a goat. FierceUnicorns.com sells fabulous apocalypse gear like stickers, handmade face masks, and print-on-demand apparel like a shirt that looks like a LaCroix but says LeCunt instead. You know, wholesome rags. Every Friday is Fierce Friday where the queers... Hey, you can't say that. The queers in charge post a new design or two, and it's been a fun, necessary project for them ever since the pandemic targeted them specifically and took their income and punched it in the butthole. Use the code OBVIOUS at checkout to get yourself a slick 15% off and help us squeeze more money per episode out of the male gaze. But um, ching Pun intended. Should we do a little catch up? Yeah, Natalie, you are our first ever guest on the podcast. Yeah, seems like so long ago now. In <laughs> an, an August, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like it's been since August. I feel like the pandemic has slowed everything down and we've been in the pandemic for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but it feels like a long time ago to me because then I listened to every episode you guys put out and you made a lot of content in like a really condensed amount of time. So it felt like I listened to a podcast for like a whole year and then was on it again. That's fair. Yeah, we're weekly usually, but then we took like a three month break in between seasons. Yeah, that's when I binged on the uh, Scientology Fair Game podcast. Oh, fun to fill to fill the void. (laughs) Wait, tell me more about that. (laughs) Well, so you know Leah Remini's Scientology like docu series that she had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that is no longer on the air. And so she and Mike Rinder, who did the show together, have a podcast now called Fair Game, where they kind of picked up where they left off. And every week they have a different guest on. And it's like a former Scientologist or like a lawyer who fought Scientology or just whatever. It's all kinds of different people. But it's really great because it's the same thing as the show, but with just so much swearing. Because Leah Remini never, ever stopped swearing, ever. Ugh, and yeah. it's just really great. She was the real king of queens. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I never watched that show. So it's like my only real reference for her is, is like, I think she was on Who's the Boss when I was a kid. Wait a minute, what was she on? Because I have no, some sort of... No, you're point. thinking of Alyssa. Isn't that Alyssa Milano? She, yeah, Alyssa Milano was the star, but I think Leah Remini was like her friend or something on the show, just for like a few hours. Her friend that was like really into Scientology. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, obviously, um, you know, living in LA, Scientology is like in my face all the time. And I remember going to a Scientology center with friends just to fuck with them and try to get tested. And they, they caught on to it pretty soon. But I wanted to go to like the the certain levels of the Scientology building that they only let some people up there and we got caught. Oh, yeah. That was a bummer. But I'm I'm a big fan of cults. Not like, like I'm not a big fan of what happens in them, but I'm a big fan of learning more about them being like from an evangelical background. And then my dad kind of being in like one in Chicago, Jesus people back in the day. Mm. And then uh and then Sin and I met in a pseudo cult, but it was like a, a women's networking group that got real culty real fast. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Nexium, was it? <laughs> No, no, it was something called, well, <laughs> we'll get into that another day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll tune in for that, that episode. Yeah. <laughs> that very special episode of Masters of the Obvious. Um, I found <laughs> out where I know her from. Do you remember, and this came out the year you were born, so you're not going to remember, Kirsten, but there was a show called Living Dolls. It was about teens pursuing a career in New York modeling. It had Halle Berry yeah. and Leah that's where I know her from. Like, it's just, yeah. what a crazy fucking show. It was actually, it was, I think it might've been a spinoff of who's the boss because it says related shows. Who's the boss. Okay. Yeah. This, is, this is ageism. First of all, <laughs> I know I was born in 1989, <laughs> but you don't have to talk down to me here. I'm telling you remember the show. I've heard of it. I have. Well, you two were screwing around or doing whatever you were doing. I was listening to fair game and learning all about Scientology and oh, realizing that around. I fucking wish it's <laughs> not gay. <laughs> and I tell her all the time that she's queer baiting and she won't stop. She's like, uncuff your jeans. And she won't. I won't. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, we've just been kind of living our lives and now we're coming back for a special episode. And why is that Natalie? Oh, because we fucking hated wonder woman 84 and we need to talk about it. Absolutely. This is actually going to be a group <laughs> therapy session. Yes. So I want to start just by saying that the movie's messy. She's a messy bitch. And Patty did us wrong. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, she used um, yeah. Wonder Woman. Uh, a friend of mine, a friend of uh, Kirsten and mine uh, said that it should have been called Wonder Woman 86 because get the fuck out of here with this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give my quick synopsis and you guys can give yours too. So For me, all the characters are throwaways and Diana is beatable and she's not over her ex of 66 years and it's pathetic. It's a bullshit movie. So that's like my hot take. You guys want to give a hot take? Um, Well, I want to preface it um, with the fact that even on the podcast socials, we were hyping up Wonder Woman 1984. Like we were excited. We, I, there was problems with the first Wonder Woman, but for the most part, it was a great movie or at least like, better than what we've gotten mm-hmm. um so yeah we were like really jazzed and it was like it, i felt like we were taking an l by hating it you know because we just had our hopes so high but yeah quick overview like okay the opening scene baller if that was a whole movie great but it wasn't and and, and then like everything from the trailer was great and those parts of the movie were the only good parts of the movie and then, then within context, it's like, oh, that's rapey. Oh, that's sexist. Oh, that's pitting women against each other. Oh, please kill me. I cannot watch another second of this. Actually, I'm looking forward to Snyder Cut. This is so bad. Yeah, I think, I think the high expectations are 
you know, partially what did me in because in general, I go into everything, a new movie, a new show, a new restaurant, anything with a bad attitude and an expectation that I'm going to hate it. And in this case, I didn't. My hopes were so high because I loved the first movie. I I think Cynthia and I both talked about like shopping for Wonder Woman pajamas specifically to watch the movie in. Like I yep. was that excited about it. And then, you know, the opening sequence set me up for a good time. There was like, you know, Robin Wright's toned arms and all the good stuff that I was hoping for. And then it was just like a crash and burn from there. And um, mostly I wanted to be angry with a man and blame a man for this, but it was in fact Mm. Patty Jenkins that did this to us. We can kind (laughs) of blame Zack Snyder for it too. He does have a lot of creative control. Okay. I'm I'm ready. I'm to always blame down for that. Yeah, let's always blame <laughs> Zack Snyder. But I also just like it. Also freaks me out because now Patty Jenkins is doing Star Wars stuff. Like, how are you going to fuck up Star Wars now? We'll find out. I just I I don't understand. Was the meeting like like okay? Everything that we did the first time around, let's do the opposite and see how that goes. Like, I just I don't understand where this story idea came from. <laughs> So, okay, so as a big comic book fan, right, I've been even going back through Wonder Woman comics and I found that panel where um, she's talking to Steve Trevor and be like, marry you, never, then I have to give you control. And she's driving her own fucking jet. And Steve Trevor in the movie drove her jet. It's like, it was like a direct fuck you to the source material. But it's worse than him just flying her jet. It's her in the moment being like, I'll never understand how you do it. Do what? Fucking fly an airplane, Diana? Like, you don't (laughs) understand how planes fucking fly? Like, are you dumb? Are you making yourself smaller for this guy? And just like the fact that we have to, that her whole value is connected to a man. We've seen it in um, Avengers with Black Widow not being able to have a baby. She's a fucking monster. And then in Diana's case, the strongest woman fucking ever wonder woman right and and she still can't go to get over a man that died years and years ago and people and there was arguments saying like okay well don't don't criticize how people handle handle grief but like it really does not make sense like i i feel for her and that loss but for her to just be morose for like a hundred years or something and then never make any connections and then when she finally does make a connection with another person then she fights them is um disgusting yeah And this movie made me gaslight myself because after watching it, then I started wondering if it, if it was me, like, do I not feel womaning if it was you? (laughs) I was, yes, I was wonder womaning. Like, does she not deserve love? Is that, am I somehow, am I convinced that you can't have it all as a woman? Like, is this all my problem? And I think that's when I, took to Facebook with my complaints and you both swooped in and reassured me that the movie did indeed suck. <laughs> it wasn't, well, I, I wasn't like trying to make it something it wasn't. I'm almost grateful in a weird way, just because I'm always looking for the silver lining for this movie, just because it was like the most obvious display of internalized misogyny. 
and that we shouldn't yeah. hold anyone at too high of regard, even Patty Jenkins, because even she can fuck us. Um, so, I mean, it really was just like a classic example of eternalized misogyny. And like, it's good to to reflect on that and do a detailed take, take down and synopsis like we're doing right now. Because, I mean, Sin ran into some trouble um, criticizing one woman in 1984 because it meant that she was siding with a bunch of idiot fan toxic fanboys and Trumpers. Yeah. Which is like what I would never want to do, but obviously we're like, we're disliking it for other reasons. We don't dislike it because we hate women. We dislike it because we love women and we don't like the way they're portrayed. Right. Right. But before we get into like the meat of why we're upset with it, I kind of want to go and kind of pick apart lighter moments first. So I can't find a message in this movie. There's Ponzi schemes, sexism, there's conflict in the Middle East, there's cliche moral platitudes. But did either of you get a sense of what the crux of the movie was about? Um, uh, Fuck women and the Middle East is bad. (laughs) I mean, yes. Like, how is that? a DC movie. It didn't make any sense like that in and I of think itself. That didn't they were make any trying sense. to lean into like this 80s theme, but like didn't update it at all to now. Like they're like, okay, you gave us all these 80s vibes, but then like what was progressive about it? Like you just remade an 80s movie and somehow made it worse. Well, <laughs> in regards to the 80s stuff, like to me, there was a lack of 80s. I felt like beyond like atmosphere and shoulder pads, like and fanny packs, like that was it for me. Well, like, it was like what a person born in 1989, like myself, would think of the 80s. Well, right. Yes. Like I'm thinking of like a writer's room and I'm like, oh, I know, I know we'll kill these kids fanny packs like who the fuck writes this shit like yeah i, I like, mean like went to an 80s theme party recently and i was like full-on sydney lopper and everyone was in like cutesy like jazzercise outfits that were like from american apparel and i'm like bitch <laughs> no <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i mean i know i'm precious about the 80s but like that i mean it was criminal to me that they just didn't take it as far as they could have yeah if if there was any kind of lesson it was so lost in plot lines that never came to any kind of fruition and just like like why was it the 4th of July all of a sudden because <laughs> America because America. America it just came out well, of nowhere and I was like great one more thing to remember and then I get to the end of the movie and I'm like it didn't matter that it was the 4th of July they wanted <laughs> I didn't fireworks. need to know that yeah well um I definitely didn't mean that um, Wonder Woman was independent in any kind of way. Um, But (laughs) I think what was most frustrating, even though I don't agree with Gal Gadot's, um, you know, political stance or literally anything except for the fact that she's hot and a decent actor, um, is that it was such a misuse of the talent. Like Pedro Pascal and um, Kristen Wiig and... And, yeah. and yeah. I'm just like, is this really what you could make with all of that? This is like a like war with grandpa just came out. It had like Robert De Niro and all these amazing people. And it. it was like absolute garbage. I'm like, y'all, um, what <laughs> did you guys not look at the script? So let's talk about Kristen Wiig. Like, let's talk uh, about Cheetah. Love like, Kristen Wiig. We love Kristen Wiig, but what the fuck was going on with Cheetah? Like, but aside from like the cat's level of nightmare CGI. Yeah, the CGI was <laughs> fucking terrible. Uh, her character arc was pretty much like it amounted to a few scenes of her gaining the ability to walk in heels, fighting off an attacker, and like trying on some new outfits. Okay, like, 
please talk to women because no woman is all like, I can't wait until I'm powerful and can walk in heels. Because right. We want fucking money and we want respect. And yeah, maybe we want to be hot, but like walking in heels is not the priority. Right. But the, to me, the most damning thing that they did with her was to show her character turning bad by attacking, by, you know, beating up her attacker. <sighs> Oh, yeah. Like when she was yeah. beating up her assailant, I was like, good for her. Go you go, girl. Because I, I mean, yeah, it, it, it got out of hand. But like as a you know survivor of assault, like, fuck, yeah, get your comeuppance, you know? Yeah, it was a lot of really mixed messages about how we were supposed to feel about that transition and just kind of confusing that she would make a wish to be more like Diana and get none of the personality traits, none of the kindness, none of the compassion, not like it's, it's just, bad to want to be powerful. Yeah. Right. And that when bad things happen to you, you need to put a smile on your face. You're not smiling enough. And if you react in any other way, you're evil when you're yeah. completely justified to a degree to act out, you know, it was oh, such a waste of Kristen Wiig. And she's so much funnier than that. And that that part was had almost no humor to it at all. It was just really cliche well, and boring. The humor was like, look how ugly and fumbly she is. Right. You know? right. That whole Which like is disgusting. And then comparing women is like that's like the downfall of us as a gender, I think, is comparison, because if anything, we are, you know, the more oppressed gender, you know, aside from people who aren't do not have a gender or are trans um, because we are constantly pitted against each other. And that's how the patriarchy wins because we can't band together and, um, tr you know, trample all of that. And this is like literally forcing that message down little girls throats right and all, all of our wishes are you know have to do with men we either want to be more attractive to men or we want our old flame back like those are our only wishes it's crazy yeah didn't you know i no. only put makeup on so that someone will fuck me oh good for you and i never get fucked i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> Is it is is it because I'm wearing green lipstick? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was a big disappointment. There was I made a list too of like not only such a waste of of Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal, but like even the golden costume. Oh, it was uh, that was a waste. Like yes. it was just a dis. Yeah. Everything was disappointing. I did feel this is why my theory is that Zack Snyder had more to do with it than we think because visually absolutely 100% great. I mean, it got a little janky at times, but that's just a superhero movie. Um, but like, yeah, visually I'm there for it. But I mean, we did get a Jellicle cat in the movie, but that's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, to the wardrobe and the effects and like Diana's outfits are gorgeous. And can we Kristen talk about Wave the white dress? Gorgeous. The white dress is beautiful. Pedro looks hilarious and great. Like, <laughs> but, but yeah, but like the actual diet, like if you just watch it on mute, it's an amazing movie. Yeah. I read a review that said that it was fun, but labored. And I disagreed so much with the fun part. It right. was not fun. No, it wasn't fun. It was fun. not fun. It actually... <laughs> it, they yeah. just, I think they think that we're stupid, Is I think is the impression that I got that we would just eat it up because it's Wonder Woman and not actually hear yeah. the things that are being said. Right. It makes no sense to me. It's a The movie lacks what every popcorn movie has. What it promises us is fun. 
Like everyone in the movie is unhappy and lonely. Like I never felt like I was having fun watching this movie. And again, that feels like a Zack Snyder thing where it's just like, can we just have fun and have an escapism? No, trauma, 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 gritty, 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 gritty. Like let's, <laughs> let's women in refrigerators, the main character, you know? And like the movie left no angle or opportunity unused to take a dig at women. Like even with Max Lord's kid's mom, like, oh, she's off with her boyfriend. Like seriously, like she's, like women they're, they're, were the villains of this movie. Yeah, they're trying to make it sound like yeah. she dumped her kid with a babysitter and went lollygagging with a fuck boy when she left it. She left her kid with its dad. Like it's just I I and did not put any of the responsibility that he's a neglectful sack of shit on him. Or the fact that he's literally yeah. evil. Like yeah. no big deal. <laughs> like I, no, no I, men are held accountable in this movie, and women are being held accountable for things that for things they didn't even fucking do. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Or for or for, you know, the the men in the movie's sense. So I kind of want to talk now about the back to back main fight sequences, which there was Cheetah and then Max Lord at the end. Now, Mm -hmm. the Cheetah one to me felt like it was just like a throwaway. Like, let's just get through this. We didn't care enough about Barbara to give a shit what happened to her, which was really fucking sad. Um, and then we get to the big boss fight with Max Lord and Diana's fighting wind. Like that's her, like, uh, th- I, I don't okay, I have Crohn's disease. So that's very real for me <laughs> fighting farts. So I really wish you wouldn't do that. up. <laughs> like she's whispering through a windstorm and like people are like renouncing their wishes. Why? Like it just, yeah. it was so fucking stupid. And I get it. Okay, they're trying to say because like Diana's like this beacon of virtue, but where? Where <laughs> she isn't she? Dude. Yeah, isn't she the lady that was using a man's body as a fuck toy just to house her dead boyfriend? Like, should we talk about that a little bit? What a pillar of morality she is. Yeah, um, it was very anticlimactic. Both of those after an entire movie of watching. Wonder Woman, the world's most powerful woman, get her ass handed to her repeatedly over and over again. All you want is redemption. And then you just get this kind of wet fart between her and Cheetah and like a whisper fight. I'm going to have to leave. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. I just like, was there anything good about this movie except for maybe visuals at times? Like, no, I, it was so, and we tried so hard. I know the three of us tried so hard to like it. And like you said, we were like gaslighting ourselves because when you, when we finally get a, a, you know, a women centered hero film, we want to root for it. That's something we've been wanting our entire lives. We got it a few times with Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman, et cetera. But like, it just, it literally hurts. Like I wanted to cry. It hurts so bad because I also watched it with my children. One of whom is a little girl and who has bought me Wonder Woman stuff. Cause she knows I love Wonder Woman. And I'm like being cucked in, in front of my feminism in front of my daughter, you know, like it's not a good feeling. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't help but think about little girls when I watched it because I, I, you know, my son is, 15 and not into superheroes. So I didn't have anybody watching it with me besides my husband, but like 
as a kid, I loved Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, and I would run around the house in my underwear and like spin in circles and like, you know, deflect bullets and things. And so that the first movie I cried in the theater because I just thought about little girls and how incredible it must be for them to watch this movie and to see Wonder Woman, not through the male gaze, just being a real fucking hero and then what a total disappointment this second movie is. And I I mean, did you have did you have to talk to your kids about it or how did you handle that? My kids are fairly critical about media. Um, I kind of am a I'm a Debbie Downer in every aspect of my life, um, including uh media that my kids watch. And like I'll tell them things like Riot got really upset with me once because we were watching different cartoon movies and like the villain is all always very like Jewish coded, large mm-hmm. nose, et cetera, except like all of this stuff. And it's really offensive. And my kids hate that. They're like, well, I can't enjoy this anymore. I'm like, well, it's, it's better to be critical and be cognizant of racism and sexism and homophobia, et cetera, you know, ableism than to just let it seep into your subconscious and become part of your everyday life. So like my kids, when they were watching Wonder Woman 1984, I actually fell asleep at some point because I, I think my brain just like shut down to protect myself. Um, but like the kids weren't really enjoying it, but they felt like they should be. And so when it was over, um, I think Ani like sat down next to me and she's like, she's like, what'd you think about Wonder Woman? And I was like, well, I love Wonder Woman. This movie wasn't it. It wasn't good. And I hate that. And I, I I felt like tears welling up both in my eyes and hers because it was just like, okay, what do we do now? Is this what, like, is, if we're going to get, you know, female led superhero movies, are going to be like this? I'm like, we should go watch Captain Marvel or something after this because like, we got a palate cleanse because it just felt like such a fuck you to, you know, people who identify as women. Yeah, yeah, I did right. watch Captain we, Marvel. We did end up watching. Did you? That would have been a good choice. We rewatched the first one. Oh. And Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. like, good, you know, good friend of the pod, Kelly Sudeconic, wrote the source material and even, like, was a consultant on the movie. And you can tell. And I think that if maybe they talk to someone like Trina Robbins, also friend of the pod, or any other Wonder Woman creator, like, um, Mariko Tamaki um, about like what Wonder Woman really is. Actually, they could even talk to Kelly Sudeconic. She's she worked just worked on some Wonder Woman stuff. So like like they clearly did not get a good team on this at all. And it was a total echo chamber. And I blame Zack Snyder too. I think <laughs> fuck you, fuck you, Patty Jenkins. First of all, fuck you, but also fuck you, Zack Snyder. So I knew he had his grubby little hands in it as well. <laughs> And fucking Warner Brothers, because I'm sure they've made all the final decisions on it. Yeah, it just makes no sense. And there goes most of our sponsorships. Well, yeah, there goes one of my clients. I'm taking the Warner Brothers thing out. But uh, it just makes no sense because Wonder Woman's a god and a warrior. And she needed a weak ass dead man to like help her out of danger multiple fucking times. How does that how do you reconcile that? Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. You don't. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I am dying to hear what you both have to say about that whole body snatching situation. Okay. I I got a lot to say about it. And I actually have a question for you guys about it too. So you have these two 
uber virtuous examples of righteousness. You have Steve and Diana and they like hijack this random nameless man and his apartment. And probably gay because well, you that's look what at I wanted to ask you guys. Yeah given, clues. yeah, given his wardrobe and then the fact that in this universe, no one is as pretty or as desirable as Diana and he ignored her advances in the end. Like, do you think he's queer coded? Okay, well, that was something even my husband, who is queer, caught on to. Yeah, it was. It's one of the most disturbing parts of the movie, bar none. Like, unfucking believable that they would do that. That they would, they would. I mean, they could have done. They could have done it so many other ways. They could have made him out of clay or some other bullshit. But they like totally like took some dude's yeah. body. So I also want to talk about the fucking fanatical representation of Arabs in this movie. Like mm. again, that feels very Snyder. We watched fuck. 300. That was the whole thing in 300 too. Like I said, I might send a letter to that man. Cool. Do it. A very strongly worded letter. Well, he does. He actually, I could walk to his house. He lives in Pasadena. I'm pretty sure. Cause he works with the American suicide foundation. I've actually run into him before. So like, I don't think it'd be hard. We could play six degrees of Kirsten Bozio if we want to. <laughs> but like, it would have been a stupid part of a movie, like any movie, even one without the fucking proponent of his of Israeli defense forces as its fucking star. Like how fucking tone right. deaf. So I goddamn ridiculous. I don't mind it. Like, because Stranger Things did this too, also being like set in the 80s where like, you know, the Russians are bad. I don't mind that because those are still white people at the end of the day. But like we're talking about Middle Eastern people, people who have had hate crimes against them and just and then the turmoil that goes on. And then to put a woman who is a pro-Zionist in a movie that, you know, villain villainizes Middle Eastern people is a whole nother level of fucked up. Well, they they very, very blatantly made it giving back colonized land to Middle Easterners would facilitate the end of the world, basically. Was yeah, like the, that's so bad. They that's were not, dying. Like that should absolutely happen. Are you kidding me? So interesting. I think the there, you know, the point you made about like if it was Russians or something, I think the difference there is that it the joke could have been or the point could have been this was our attitude in the 80s. Let's look back on it and be embarrassed about it or laugh at it because it's stupid. And the fact that it was just like a throwaway scene with no kind of reflection on that whatsoever was then it just ended up being racist. It wasn't a commentary on like the political climate of the eighties. It was just a couple minutes of racism for no good reason. I was even talking to one of um, my followers on another platform. Who's a, uh, a 19 year old trans kid. They're probably listening to this right now. Hi, Alex. They were saying, because they are, they're um, a, uh, Middle Eastern and um, actually Palestinian and like grew up loving Wonder Woman. And uh, so 1984 was such a pointed fuck you to them, you know? And I just, I just like, I don't know how you can make that movie more tone deaf and more offensive to to more people. Like, I'm surprised yeah. I didn't throw in a trans joke or something or a disabled joke because it's just that bad. Yeah, it's almost like yeah, they had a whiteboard right. and they're like, let's just, just running down the list of like shit. Well, it gets people talking. And the thing is, it's like you're releasing it during the pandemic and you're doing it on HBO, you know, HBO Max and everyone's going to watch it. You know, like there's no way that's not going to be a success. So they I think they already greenlit like a, a third Wonder Woman movie. I'm sure. 
and it was like a smashing success and that's all you know warner brothers and whatever else uh, hbo max cares about is make sure that the numbers are there it doesn't really matter how to how to get there. And I've seen that even as like an influencer of like a public figure, I watch other public figures do things that are intentionally controversial to get their numbers up. But the thing is, is that (laughs) you just become a shell of a human being at the end of that. And there's like no substance to what you're doing whatsoever. I'm controversial for just existing, not because I seek it out. And uh, to, to to make a controversial, quote unquote, controversial film like the first Wonder Woman, you know, that was fairly progressive um, was one thing. But it's another thing to make some things that like, it feels like intentionally offensive to get numbers up. And yeah. that's just like yeah. completely deplorable. Like, let's get them talking as long as they're talking. It's good. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's not good. That's clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> it's a clickbait movie basically it was so long if that was <sighs> god if that was the whole point i it could have been done in less than two and a half hours i'm not t- as tuned in or tuned in at all as as you are into like the comic book world or superhero movies so i i don't know but has there ever been has have any of these things been addressed by anyone involved in the movie like any of these criticisms I mean, we we have to do a lot of research for the podcast. And to be fair, we did take a three month break and weren't as up to date on things. But we were reading a lot of articles and things during that time. And like, yeah, I've I've, you know, we've read some good takedowns um, by different news outlets, but like no real statements for the people that worked on it that I can tell if if I'm wrong, I will go look. Most of the press for this was positive. That's why I felt like we needed to talk about it. So there we really nobody, nobody from this movie is coming out and saying anything as far as an explanation, because why would they feel they need to? Because the press is a, positive. It was a success, quote unquote. Yeah. 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 So, and I the mean, numbers a, are there to prove that. Yeah. And that's why it's a, I think it, it's a big deal. And I think that we do. I think it's worth talking about. Hey, look, our podcast is doing something. Oh, <laughs> hey, look at us. Who would have thought? Hey, look at us. Not me. <laughs> the uh, So this is my, I'm going to talk about my biggest problem with the movie. And that's over and over again. I felt like I was inundated with the message. You can't have it all ladies. Like over and over and over again. I felt like I was just being inundated with that message. Like Diana can't be powerful and loved. Barbara can't be nice and powerful. You can't do it all. You can't have it all. You've got to lean on these guys. Your whole existence is, you know, it has to, if it's not based on your relationship with men, it doesn't exist. Like you have to, you have to give up something. You have to give up a piece of yourself. And it was just so fucking painful over and over and over again. And we're, we're all, we all, we're all in relationships with men. Are we all married? Nellie, are you married? Yeah. Um, I recently stopped wearing my wedding ring because I realized that my wedding ring was the only thing preventing other men from, um, disrespecting me. And ever since I stopped wearing my wedding ring, people, men are way different to me because I don't have, like, I haven't been tagged or claimed by somebody, you know what I mean? And it's really yeah. changed my whole approach to things too, where I'm just like, knuck if you buck, bitch. Like I'm, I might be single. You don't fucking know. Like you should just still respect me. And it's exactly the same thing that we were taught in this movie that unless we are marked 
or claimed or made valid by a man that we are not valid intrinsically, yeah. which is like disgusting. It takes away our autonomy and like all that feminism has, has done over the last like, you know, century or more, you know, she's supposed to be a feminist icon. Wonder Woman is a yeah. feminist icon. What are you doing? Yeah. It's not an empowering not Wonder Woman time. message. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Big psych on that. Um, yeah, I, I had to break that habit of, of, uh, I'm married or sorry, I'm married being how I replied to like unwanted advance advances from men. Like that doesn't matter. I'm not interested matters. So that's, that's like something that I just had to deprogram out of myself. And like, I matter, I matter what I feel matters, not my connection to whoever. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that really is the biggest, that's the biggest kick in the vagina from this movie is just, if you had to write down a one sentence takeaway from it, it's that it's that women have to give something up in order to have anything they want. And it's really, it was really disappointing. And and we're all moms too. Like, and we're constantly faced with like, okay, um, well, yeah, you have to choose your career or your kids. Like, no, we fucking don't. We don't. Or you have to choose your kids or your spouse or your kids and your friends or whatever else. And all that does is alienate us further and disempower us further when that's like not an actual thing. Yes, it could be more difficult. Sure. But that's just life in general. If you're juggling a lot of things, it's difficult. Us being a woman, us being married, us having kids has nothing to do with our capabilities. Did you guys find that you had people telling you that you're just not fun enough to get it? Like I had a lot oh, of, yeah. I had a lot of men, male <laughs> friends being like, oh, wow, you got that from this movie. Oh, I don't think it was trying to say all that. I didn't get that. I don't know if you knew this, but I'm like super duper fun. They actually hired <laughs> me as a clown at parties. No, I'm like, I'm always there for a good time. People tell me constantly to like, stop joking. Cause I think everything's funny, even my impending possible death, you know? So it's just like, I, I think everything's hilarious and I enjoy the most mundane bullshit. Like you find me the most boring person, Ben Stein motherfucker in the world. And I will be delighted and I will kiss up on them and we will have a great time. That was not this movie. This movie was like a direct fuck you. And, and I think it's really, it's almost like a continuation of the movie to have men be like, Oh, you just didn't get it. You're not having a good time. Cause that's like literally what the movie was for us. Or it was just like, we were being gaslit by the movie. We're being gaslit by Hollywood, their reaction to it. We're being gaslit by the men in our lives, but for our reactions. And it's just like, Oh, look at this ricochet effect. If you don't think this movie, it made an impact. Look at this conversation. Like we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be so pissed off. And so many of us pissed off if, if this wasn't happening. Yeah. I think, um, most of the men in my life knew better than to challenge me on how I felt about this movie, but really the only one that disagreed with me was in it for the nostalgia. But even that was not there and raw and like badly done. So I really, I didn't, the opinions of men are, meaningless to me. So (laughs) truly, I mean, I do care what like my husband and my close friends have to say to a degree, but at some point you just gotta be like, buddy, this movie wasn't made for you. It was made for me. And I didn't like it. That's just it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I really, I felt, at least I thought this movie was supposed to be made for me, but. Now it was just, actually, it was just a fat fest for men, apparently. <laughs> like, oh, I love it when women are told no one can do everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but also, you know, men are immune to that kind of messaging because why would they even, it's imperceptible to it. them. Like they see that shit constantly. It's subliminal programming to them. Like they, there's no way, like they're not going to pick up on it. So it's really stupid that anyone. Well, we're all, we're all products of the patriarchy. So like the fact that, that, I mean, we're all callous to the patriarchy too. So the fact that like somehow this movie permeated the callousness of the patriarchy and that it would still piss us off really tells you how bad it was. Because most of the yeah. time I just let this uh, roll off my back and be like, all right, well, I couldn't do without that part, but I like this part. I can't even tell you that I liked anything. And I'm very yeah, much I, warped by, you know, how sexist the world is. I don't remember. I guess the opening sequence. Was yeah. That the was last all I like, moment of joy that I had in this movie right. and everything Actually, else was just. It, it might've even been a better movie if they didn't even have that. Because again, we went into it excited and we get the opening scene and we're excited. And then it's just like, it's like when you're dating somebody, right. And they're toxic and they love bomb you where they're super affectionate and great. And then they turn around and abuse you. Like that's how this movie. And I know that sounds dramatic, but like if there was a movie form of that, it would be this. Yeah. I was thinking like, being told you're having pizza for dinner and then you find out it's cauliflower crust. <laughs> or, or when you go to your mom, like, can we, can we have McDonald's? And then your mom's like, we have McDonald's at home and it's like frozen or Rita fries. And, and all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I mean, you might be right, honestly, that because I, I was teary eyed at the opening sequence. I was like sitting there with my vegan charcuterie board Christmas day. We're such fucking stereotypes of ourselves. I love it. <laughs> We all have tiny bangs. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, what a bummer. I really hope Patty Jenkins Jenkins is listening to this. You mean Patty Janky? <laughs> Patty Janky. Oh, don't alienate Jankies. her. We can get her uh, back. Patty yanked me around and cooking me for my feminism. <laughs> that, 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 that Patty Jenkins. Oh, yeah. man. Our I Patsy, hope she's she listening. Made, she, she made me a Patsy Jenkins. Yeah, that oh. one. <laughs> or Leroy. Okay, I'll keep going if you want. I can stop. I can stop. I can stop. I just, I'm honestly, I don't even have animosity towards her or whoever else worked on this film. I just want like explanations. Like, can you, like, I don't know how we, we went from that first movie to this. It makes absolutely no sense to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I got, I don't know if you guys got this, but I got the, I mean, yeah, apparently you didn't, Natalie. Everyone in your life is fantastic. I need your friends. But uh, <laughs> I got the, oh, you're reading too much into it. It's just a popcorn movie. Stop being so precious sin, about Wonder Woman. It was Woman. your friends that gaslit me. Like friends that I got from you. So maybe, maybe Natalie and I were just fine before knowing. I'm just kidding. You don't have to take my friends. Why are you trying to take my friends? Because apparently I'm they're not worth having. And I want to be liked better than you. And I need to prove uh, it. To be fair, I have very few friends. So the pool was small. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I guess if you're hanging out in the kiddie <laughs> pool and not like, you know, the ocean where everyone's yelling at you. Right. Yeah. And I have deeply that where, nerdy comic that, friends. I've never been in the ocean. Did, does it yell at you? I can't remember. It's very loud. <laughs> okay. It's very loud. Gotcha. But yeah, I mean, I just, that sort of popcorn defense was pretty funny to me because like, where were those people for like 
Justice League or Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker. Those are popcorn movies, too. And those same guys were mm. like crying over those movies. No, The Last Jedi was more than a popcorn movie. That That's like my favorite Star Wars movie. So still a popcorn how dare movie. you? <laughs> still a popcorn it's still movie. mostly fun, but it did have some like actually meaningful themes and things in it, though. If it taught you lessons, I'm I'm happy well, for it. Well, it, ta- it, ta- it said, fuck you to men. And that's all I needed. And I was like, right. yeah, check, please. My favorite movie. <laughs> and somehow it was directed by a man. What? Mm. What? <laughs> and then this is directed by a woman. What? Oh I'm so gosh. confused right now. <laughs> I'm having a crisis. I'm oh, having no. an infinity crisis. Oh, no. I'm having a crisis of infinite worlds or whatever. <laughs> so I don't know. Do, do you guys have any final thoughts on Wonder Woman? Please put me out of my misery. She's she should she, be renamed Wonder Why Woman. Um, I don't think Wonder <laughs> Woman really fits her anymore. I think maybe just Woman question mark. Um, <laughs> okay, where does Wonder Woman go from here? Does she come back from this? Are we excited about another Wonder Woman movie? I'm hoping for some kind of backtracking and redemption, and we can just all pretend like this never happened. That would be great. I uh, maybe realistic theory could be that now that Steve is out of her system, we can move on and do something better. That might happen. I don't so know. So she needs like a flush. She needs like a cleanse, a juice cleanse. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They still this brought him up. Cleanse. They still brought him up in the Snyder cut. Like he's always getting brought up. Like I think we both like groaned when that happened and when oh, we were watching Snyder Horrible. Cut. Horrible. And what's funny is that, like, I like Steve in the first movie. Like, I would love to see more Steve and Chris Pine. And Chris Pine himself as a person is a good person. So it's like, I hate that I have that, like, visceral reaction to seeing Steve Trevor now. It's such a bummer. Yeah. I mean, either way, we're all watching it. So they, I think they've got us. It doesn't matter. I think Sin and I, especially, like, we have to for our job. Like, we really fucked ourselves and shot ourselves in the foot because, like, oh, now we have to watch all nerd media, no matter how painful it is. And we learned that with the Snyder Cut. Oh, we did. (laughs) Well, thank you for doing it so that the rest of us don't have to. We do what we can. We do. Well, thank you so much for being on, Natalie. Thanks for having me back. And thanks for making my favorite podcast. I know it's a lot of work, but it's people are really loving it. So thank you for doing it. A huge thanks to our guest, Natalie Slater. What a fucking delight. And special thanks to JB of the Gutter Boys. Check out our website, mastersoftheobvious.com for new episodes, news, and merch. Our Instagram, at Masters of the Obvious. Facebook, at Masters of the Obvious. And Twitter, at Masters of the O. Please don't forget to leave a glowing review on Apple Podcasts and to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on to get notifications for new episodes. Thank you for listening. And we love you like a lot.